Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. because our beloved Star Trek Picard has finished. It is over. But is it truly the end? I guess for the next generation. uh, I don't even know how to, the next last, the last, for the next generation who were the last generation, perhaps. But for the (laughs) next generation, perhaps there is more. The next, next generation? Yeah, yeah. The next, next generation. Mm -hmm. Generation next. Yes, it, this is it. This is it. Wasn't that a bad Spice Girls song? Generation Next, was that the Spice Girls? I don't remember. I don't know, but I remember they did an advert for Pepsi. Oh, yeah. Pepsi was definitely go. had some kind of Generation Next campaign. Why? That's all I remember. It was Generation Next. That's what it was. Yeah. You nailed it. There you are. Thank you. Wow. Thanks so much. I just had a Marcel Proust moment. I will... Proust. I couldn't figure out a thing to say for that. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the program. This is Set Phasers, a highly illogical star Proust. Proust cast? No, Star Trek podcast. Today's star date is star date 23104211. And as uh, Stevie mentioned, we are discussing the Picard series finale, The Last Generation. Oof. Sad, sad times. It is. Although, you know, I'm I feel like now we've got seven seasons, four movies, and three more sort of shorter seasons that tell the full story of TNG. And they're all very nicely interwoven. I think you've got hundreds of hours of TNG to enjoy at a clip. I am with you. I feel like this last season was something, it feels like a movie I can watch again and again and again. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of payoff in this last episode, which I'm, you know, they did very well. Full credit to to Terry Metalis, who uh, apparently uh, wrote and directed this. I doubted how he could pull it off. I did, but... Me too. He did it. He did the right, he did the right stuff. I don't want to get, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We're going to run down the whole episode. Before we do that, we've got to handle a little bit of business. Uh, with some interrogatives, is my guess, from Stevie. An interrogative. Oh, aren't you fancy? Uh, I try. Hmm, let's see. Um, are you missing Star Trek nerds in your life? Oh, okay, I caught you off guard. You sure there, did. I was drinking. Oh, please. <laughs> That's my, it's my own fault. It's my own fault. Uh, are you missing Star Trek Picard? And it's only just finished. Well, fear no longer, friend, because you can join us for Trek Conversations uh, of Star Trek Picard, Star Trek Lower Decks, Star Trek uh, Strange New Worlds, and more here at Set Phasers. And all you need to do is go to patreon.com forward slash set phasers to get all your Star Trek needs and more met. And that's patreon.com forward slash set phasers. That's us, baby. And without further ado, there, bye, 
Let's run it down. It's time to run it down. Can you run it down for me? Talk about the car down. Dodger Picard. Yeah, we know that. Um, okay, so you may recall, dear listener, that at the end of the penultimate episode, Jack had gone to a Borg cube who knows where and gotten a thing in his neck, and he met the queen, and then the young people, we discovered that the young people, uh, because of the transporter, had had their brains uh, reconfigurated. Excuse me. Excuse me. I just get so emotional. Had gotten their brains reconfigurated in order to be subjective subjected to jack's uh being the vox the voice of the borg and so the borg take over on uh it's called frontier day all the ships in the fleet are gathered around earth for a big old speech and anyway the borg take over assimilation ensues uh picard et al leap away to the fleet museum they get the old enterprise d and they're headed back to try and save things so we begin with picard at all and en route on the enterprise d and an announcement from federation president anton chekov nuclear wessels nuclear uh, wessels nuclear and wessels yes nuclear wessels i thought he might have you know i haven't checked in on him for a while i wasn't sure if he was dead and this was an ai generated voice it is not he did it. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, yes, the actor is still alive. I recently watched him. This is, has nothing to do with Star Trek, except that it's also doesn't matter. I was watching Babylon 5. He plays pretty big part in that. Uh, Mr. Koenig. Uh, but anyway, so he's playing Anton Chekhov. Just voiceover here, but he's telling the people around the galaxy, do not approach Earth. It's under attack by the Borg people, the young people. Here on out, I shall refer to them as Borglings. And uh, the space dock defenses are trying to repel the assault. They're holding for now, but the fall is imminent. And he says, even though that is the case and things are looking terrible and you can hear his assistants or like his like people in the background trying to get him into an escape pod, he says, hope is never lost. There are always possibilities. Well, the Enterprise is en route. Data is able to detect a Borg vessel near uh, Jupiter. And that's where they come out of warp and they see a massive board cube hidden in Jupiter's red storm eye. And that's where the signal that's controlling the bio collective of Borglings, that's where it's coming from. So Picard and the crew decide that's where they must go and they have to take care of it at all costs because the running stops here. To quote uh, Jean-Luc himself in First Contact, <laughs> one of my favorite lines. Um, yes, so. Meanwhile, on the Titan, you may recall Captain Shaw, long may he reign, he had faith in the heart, uh, was was killed by the Borglings in the last episode. Seven is now the captain. Seven and Rafi execute uh, with, I guess, older members of the crew who are not assimilated. A pincer maneuver, I like to think of it, where they close in on the bridge from different angles and they're able to, they've rigged the phasers so that instead of shooting people, they beam people away. Uh, and so they're able to get rid of all the Borg and on the bridge and send them into the transporter room where they are locked in for the time being. They take their stations with the crew that they have, including uh, a cook who's only had like 
a couple hours of lunar flight training, but he's got to be the pilot because he's got flight experience. And they have to figure out a way to get the Titan out of this fleet formation network situation so they can possibly save the day. Meanwhile, the Enterprise uh, discovers that the Borg cube lets down its shields and faces its weapons away. It's an invitation. Ooh, somebody wants a Picard to come aboard. So they have to get down there. They have to locate the beacon. They have to destroy it. And they have to beam aboard to do so. Uh, Beverly is scanning and she's able to find some human braveways so they know that Jack is down there. Uh, Picard, Worf, and Riker decide that they will be the away team. Everyone else has to stay aboard the Enterprise. Jordy has the con. They beam down. The cube is quiet. All the Borg in their little Borg regeneration chambers are dead. They dead. You dead, Borg. And, uh, but their necrotic tissue is being consumed. For whom, we wonder? And uh, uh, as they're moving around and seeing that that is the case, and, and Riker's a little nervous at how quiet it is, Beverly says she knows where Jack is a level below. And Picard's like, well, this is where we split up. I have to go get Jack. You have to go find the thing that can help us find out where the beacon is. There's a verklumped farewell between Picard and Worf and Riker. And they go their separate ways. Picard goes down into the weird room. He basically like this dead zone where you can't. Oh, was that me or you? Was what you? I heard a very strange sound. You. I don't have a. Anyway. Wow. Oh, I right. was on mute, so it's you. Can't, couldn't be. Okay. All right. Well, something's making wishy sounds. Uh, so Picard goes. Uh, and he finds Jack in this room. He's in a dead zone, so he can't communicate with the ship. Uh, he finds Jack uh, hooked up, full Borg arrangement, faceplate, things coming out of his face, things. But he doesn't have the, uh, fortunately, does not have the uh, locutus eye. Just some things stapled to his body in the whole black suit thing. Uh, and as Picard rushes over, he is accosted verbally by the Borg Queen, at whom we get our first good look. And let me tell you, when she was part of Vadic's flesh hand, she was she was much easier to look at, because holy moly, Janeway put a hurtin' on this Borg Queen. Just the tubes are part of her face, she's just got like an upper torso that's on a spike, she can talk, She's it's awful, she looks terrible. But she's so happy Locutus has come home to the Collective. He's back where he belongs. The Titan is able to see the Enterprise-D, and they understand that, okay, that ship's not part of the network, so they're trying to do something. Rafi is able to figure out that the formation, this, this fleet formation thing, is held together via a line of sight propagation. So if they can not be within line of sight, they can regain control of their ship. Well, lucky for them, the Titan has a cloak device. And so... Seven orders the use of the cloak, and they're using like a strafe and run technique where they like come out of the cloak, shoot, 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 go back into the cloak, come out of the cloak, shoot, 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 go back into the cloak. Um, they're trying to take on the entire Borg Armada. Hey, it's not great, but they're trying to buy enough time for Picard and the Enterprise crew to do something they can do. Picard and the Queen, meanwhile, they have it out. He tries to fire on her, but she's protected by a shield, of course. And he's like, you infiltrated his mind. You tried to steal my son from me. And she goes, oh, no, Jack is the one who found me when I was wandering at the edge of space with nothing and no one. And all my children had died. He reached out to me. 
he is going to save us. The future of the Borg is no. And oh, yes. Yeah, so Picard's like, hey, listen, uh, take me instead. You want me? You want Locutus? Come on, baby. The show is called Picard. Look around. And she goes, oh, no, I don't want Locutus anymore. I've got the box. The future of the Borg is not simply assimilation. It is evolution. So meanwhile, that's happening. Riker and Worf are able to find this, the main access terminal that will tell them where the beacon is and they connect the Enterprise to it. But as they do that, hey, some of the drones that all should have been dead, they not dead. There's like four or five of them, maybe six that are still alive and uh, a fight in Suez. At the same time, on the Titan, the young Borglings are able to break out of the transporter room and uh, the two LaForge daughters uh, go and destroy the cloak just by shooting at it. And they head off all the Borglings to retake the bridge. On the Enterprise, uh, the cube starts firing once the, you know, the Borgs come awake and they realize that there's more than just Picard down there. Cube starts firing on the Enterprise. They have to make evasive maneuvers. They don't have the automated weapon system. So Be Beverly, who is manning the, the, I don't know what you call it, the guns, I guess, uh, is going to have to figure out and fire back manually. And she does quite well. And everyone turns to look at her and she says, hey, it's been, a, it's been an interesting 20 years for me. Worf and Riker are fighting the Borg. It's mostly Worf, though. Riker kind of gets ducks out of the way as the Borg is shooting. And Worf has his uh, his his Klingon sword, bat, bat lift sword, bat sword, sword lift. And uh, he is able to take out like four of them doing this, but he takes quite a few shots. And eventually he takes one directly to like the chest and he falls back to where he and Riker are hiding behind the terminal and he's like oh the sword the sword and Riker tries to take the sword and the sword turns out is extremely heavy Riker's good lord how heavy it is uh, but then Worf is like hey there's the, the hilt and he reveals that the hilt is a phaser and Riker's like you had a phaser the whole time why were you using the sword and Worf's like oh swords are fun uh, so Riker is able to take out the remaining two Borg drones with this phaser meanwhile they figure out where the beacon is but it's in the heart of this cube very difficult to get to and pretty much impossible you know to fly a whole ship into except uh maybe data can do it and data he has this feeling in his gut a feeling data has a feeling that even though it's impossible improbable he thinks he can do it and Jordy, who's in charge says you know what i trust you data and they go flying into the Borg and it's the Borg cube and it's bonkers and Data's having the time of his life. Earth, the space dock defenses fall. Earth is completely defenseless. The fleet begins to target all these cities. Uh, Picard, meanwhile, is desperate. He starts ripping cords out of Jack, uh, even though the queen tells him like, you can't bring him back. And if you do pull out all the cords, he, you, you might kill him. The only way he can come back is choosing to do so himself, which he would never do. Finding the beacon, the Enterprise crew learns that if they destroy it, will destroy the whole cube, everyone on it. You know what I mean? So they have to make a hard decision because if they haven't gotten Jack and the away team back, then they destroy this cube and there's like a minute left and, uh, you know, everyone dies. So a hard decision for Beverly and Troy. But they agree that they will do what they must do when the time comes. And Riker and Worf say, even though they've finished their, their mission, they're not going to beam out. They're going to go find Picard. They owe that much to him. Picard, meanwhile, in desperation, decides if he can't get Jack out by main force, he will go in to the Collective, a thing he swore he would never again do. And he shoves the thing into his neck, weird veins spread across his face, and then he and Jack are in a beautiful Borg heaven, and they have a little bit of a conversation. While that conversation is going on in the Enterprise, they're realizing, hey, we're out of time. Earth is defenseless. 
you know, they don't know this, but the Borglings have broken out of the, the transporter room and are going to take over the ship. It's going to be a standoff. Things are pr looking pretty dire back on Earth, uh, no matter what uh, Anton Chekhov has to say. And so they go, listen, we're going to have to make a hard call now in order to either we can save but the way team down on, on the surface of this board cube or we save everyone back on Earth and in so doing the galaxy. And so they fire on the beacon and the away team has a minute to save themselves. But they're in that remember they're in that dead zone where they can't be beamed out and they can't be tracked. Picard is in uh, Borg heaven with Jack and they're talking. He simply cannot convince Jack to leave as Jack has been so felt so isolated, so alone, so away from people. And finally, he is here connected. So many voices, so many presences. Uh, uh, you know, he gets, this is what he was meant to do. This is what was written for him. And so Picard says, OK, if I can't get you to go, then I will stay. You've changed my life. I'm your father and I'm going to stay here with you. And he embraces Jack. And in that moment, Jack realizes, even though he felt alone, he was never truly alone. And he comes awake. <gasps> and he pulls out all the cables. And the Borg Queen is screaming. And once he gets all his cables out, he pulls out Picard's cable. Then he and Picard are together. But the whole Borg station is blowing up and exploding and going crazy. And it looks like this could be the end. And the Borg Queen's like, you'll be alone forever, you fool. You've made your... And he goes, I'm not alone. I've got my dad or whatever. Uh, Riker in this final moment uh, he and Worf have found Pi uh, he and Worf have found Picard and Jack and they he in this moment when it seems like all is it's the end he says goodbye to Imzati to Deanna Troy and through their telekinesis telekinesis through their brains uh, Deanna's like I know where they are and she rushes over to the terminal and she pilots the ship towards where uh, she senses uh, Riker is, uh, even though he's within the dead zone. And so the Enterprise shows up just as everything is starting to really blow up, and they're able to beam away uh, Riker, Worf, Jack, and Picard, and the Queen dies screaming in a conflagration of green uh, Borg tech and fire. Just in time, because the Borglings had just gotten uh, to the bridge, and it was a standoff weapons raised on both sides and then the effects of assimilation drain from the young people's uh, minds and faces and uh, worried that they have done something terribly wrong uh, standing at the four of them Sydney says what happened I'm so sorry you know just feeling this guilt and fortunately the person there to embrace her is none other than seven of nine who knows exactly what it's like uh, and so earth doesn't get destroyed and Picard and Jack get, go to the bridge of the Enterprise and Jack embraces his mother and Riker and Deanna embrace and Data and Jordy and Worf sit down and Worf promptly uh, injured and exhausted. He got shot like maybe six times uh, with Borg phaser fire. Uh, Worf falls asleep and immediately starts snoring, but they have saved the day. So here beginneth the epilogues. Uh, I will try to move through these quickly. Beverly Crusher is made head of Starfleet Medical, and she comes up with a transporter solution in order to fix all the younglings so they no longer are Borgling, Borg, Borglings. Um, the changelings, it turns out, needing the information of the people that they were uh, impersonating hadn't killed everybody. And so we see, ha ha ha, Tuvok goes to visit Seven and uh, mentions all the terrible things that uh, she did that were not uh, regulation, I guess. And Seven's like, listen, I know I don't get along with Starfleet regs. Uh, regulations and for that reason I'm resigning this is my resignation uh, 
he says, well, uh, first you should check out Shaw's review of you. And she's like, oh, God, Shaw. But then Shaw gives a review of her that is very Shaw. He's, uh, he's uh, grumbly and curmudgeonly and uh, not super, uh, you know, uh, I guess, uh, sympathetic or empathetic but in the end he says you know she's a great captain and she i've always worked by the book and she's going to write a new book and that book's going to be glorious and he recommends her for immediate promotion to captain when they get back to space talk this was shaw before he redeemed himself even in the eyes of us the viewers uh and so tuvok gently does not accept seven's resignation and calls her captain Rafi. Meanwhile, it gets a message from her ex-husband and it's got video of her grandkid and she said they can't wait to see her because apparently they saw as they were watching the feeds uh, where they are in Metallus 4 or whatever they were living on or wherever he has the own, owns the bar. I actually don't know where the kid... Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, they saw someone had leaked all the, the clandestine work she had been doing behind the scenes to save Starfleet. And the kids are, his her kid is amazed and wants her to meet a granddaughter and she's been redeemed in their eyes. And who leaked it? Mm, it was Worf who shows up, puts down his super heavy sword. He calls her a warrior. She calls him a warrior. Warrior for peace. The house of Martok. The house of Musiker. Uh, they embrace. Worf seems a little uncomfortable, but he's happy uh, you know, that this sort of quasi-protege. Uh, things work well. Troy is in a session with Data, and Data's talking about all the feelings that he's having, the emotions, and she says, oh, gosh, we went an hour over uh, again. Uh, but Data does not stop talking. He mentions an uh, interaction with seeing somebody pet a cat and how it made him want to cry. But then he realizes he's rambling and says, okay, well, see you tomorrow, Doc. And she goes, oh, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, and as he leaves, he says goodbye to Riker, and uh, this whole thing about how they were looking for a vacation. Now, one year later, the final epilogue. The Enterprise D has been put uh, to bed for good uh, in the Fleet Museum. Uh, and Picard asks Jordy to make sure he takes care of her. And he says she always took care of us. Uh, Beverly and Picard are piloting Jack to his new ship because he's an ensign now. He's been fast-tracked as for an officer. Uh, and... Uh, they're flying up, and uh, he's like, oh, I wonder what ship you got uh, sent to. And he's like, oh, the Titan, as he sees the outline of the ship. And he goes, oh, sure, but not really, because the Titan has been rechristened as the Enterprise G. And hey, guess who the captain of the Enterprise G is? It's Seven of Nine, Captain Seven. And guess who the first officer of the Enterprise G is? It's Rafi Musiker. And guess who the special counselor to the captain is? It's Jack Crusher. Uh... So that's cute. Special counselor, uh, incidentally, I don't know if this is going to be part of the Easter eggs, but there hasn't been a special counselor that I can think of since uh, Enterprise. But I don't have to go into that. Uh, and uh, they take the ship out and they go to warp and we don't get to hear what Seven's cool warp catchphrase is. Taking bets on that. Uh, anyone got suggestions? I don't know. I was thinking like she might, she wouldn't say punch it. She's not really like a let's fly kind of person. She's also not really like an engage kind of person. Like, what would she say? Anyway, that's if I I would be lying if I said I didn't think about it all night. Uh, we'll never know it. And finally, at 10 forward, the bar, the crew is drinking all together. And it's been a long night. You can tell they're pretty drunk and tired. And Worf's like, maybe we should call it a night. But we'll do one last toast. And Picard gives a toast where he quotes Shakespeare, Julius Caesar, which happens to be the Julius Caesar I had to memorize one of the Julius Caesar things I had to memorize in high school. Very touching for me. 
uh, and everyone agrees. It's the beautiful one about, uh, you know, there comes a time in the tides or whatever where it's taken at the meat of it, it becomes a ship. And then Picard says, pursuant to that, and presents a deck of cards. And then they all go, oh, hell yeah. And they play poker. And it's a beautiful final scene where they play poker. And uh, under uh, most of the credits sequence, they were playing poker. So really, uh, it really tapped into that feeling of wanting to be part of the the Enterprise family once again, them playing poker. Uh, and that is the end of uh, season three of Picard. Oh, wait, no, there's a post credit sequence. You thought it was over and you suckers. If you didn't watch the post credit sequence, you have four seconds to pause this now so that you can go watch it because I'm going to spoil it. Here's what happens in the post credit sequence. Jack is in his room unpacking, puts a little picture of his mom and his dad, and he's got his little thing. And who should appear from the shadows? None other than Q of the Q continuum, who Jack says, oh, my you're Q, right? And he goes, oh, it's a simple name for, for a complicated person. And Jack says, oh, my dad said you're dead. And he says, oh, why do you think so linearly? And he says, I thought you said the humanity's test was, was over. And Q says, for your father, but yours, dear Jack, has just begun. And here endeth the final episode and the final season of Star Trek Picard. Let's chat about that. I say, darling, Let's do a quick chat about that. Yes, yes, yes let's do. Well, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, it was just a what a rundown. Yes, what a rundown. What an end. Surprised ending. you managed to do that in such a short amount of time, given that the episode was over an hour long. Was it? It felt like it was 20 minutes long. It truly felt mm-hmm. so short. I could have watched it again immediately after I finished it. That was very, very good. I do want to watch it again. Yeah, I probably will. I want to watch the whole thing. Probably. I feel like we. Uh, could we do a marathon? I suppose we could. How it would be just about ten hours long. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you could do you could do a marathon. I mean, reasonably, you'd want to do it over two days, but you could do it in a yeah. day if you really, you know, got up at six a.m. and just started watching Star Trek. Be done by dinner. Yeah, you do Star Trek breakfast, Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek lunch, Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek dinner, Star Trek. You're done. Yeah, absolutely. Did you count ten? I don't think I didn't necessarily count 10, but I think I did one and then uh, th- I, th- I thought I did 10-ish. I, I okay. felt like 10. Yeah. Anyway, so let's chat. Let's chat. Let's chat. What did you think? I mean, obviously epic. Overall, I loved it. It really hit the spot. Like we were saying before, I didn't know how they were going to wrap it up and have a satisfying conclusion where we yeah. say goodbye is but they really they nailed some of those beats of uh all good things you know uh, yes and ending with the poker was br- a brilliant move because that beautiful yeah but i love that we had so many i'm getting a weird noise too i love that we had so many endings yes yes like there were multiple multiple endings like you know from um hey we killed the board queen and then oh jack arrives on the enterprise and then oh we have the poker scene and oh we have a nice moment of data and you know we have so many like summarizings and it was it was lovely yes to see where they are and then that final like a year later jack joins the fleet uh his parents drop him off at school basically uh and then uh, they go out drinking with their buddies i thought it was very sweet i i 
I, like we said last episode, I think, or was it just you and I talking about this? Picard has turned out to be this sort of cataclysmic Borg trilogy that they ended the entire thing with, which I think was very appropriate. Uh, the first one has to do with uh, Data's consciousness and the threat from machines from without, but also has the Borg cube with the Romulans, the, the, excuse, the artifact. Uh, the second one... Uh, ha oh wait, no. The first one ha really went the distance because doesn't Seven jack into the cube in order to take care of some of the XBs when they land on that weird planet with the fake day with Inigo soon? Yeah, that whole thing. Uh, the second one is Borgati in the past and also Q. And then this one was finally the Borg Queen. Hopefully, finally is dead because she should not be coming back from this. You know what I mean? Yes. Now. Borg Queen, mm -hmm. I must admit, I was a little disappointed that she was completely computer-generated. Was she completely? Except for her face. She was voiced by Alex Kriege. Oh. There was no other thing going on. I guess they were like, do you want to be in makeup for 10 hours and then not move up on a pole for two days of shooting? Or I don't know. I didn't. I didn't realize that she was completely computer generated. She was so jacked up that I didn't look to she see if it was Allison Creed. I mean, most of her was sure. She only had a rib cage and a face. Yes, but well, I half mean, a face because the, in the credits she was vo it was voiced by Allison Creed. Oh. Sorry, Alice Creed. Yeah. Allison, Alice, Alice Creed. Alice Creed. Yeah. I mean, it just for me, it just would have added a little extra. I don't know. It's it's tough. I mean, it just. That was just a slight, tiny letdown, but I can see how why it was difficult, Listen, given what they did to her, and considering how much how much well, cast they Jane already Wade had. Did. Yes, you know, on Very site, true. on site. So, I get it. Uh, I will look closer next time. I would just, you know, I was bracing myself to see her face because she had only been because you told me she was going to be hideous. Hmm. That's a nice face, thanks. Well, I thought I, that's my hideous face. Um, yes. But but that was my only complaint. I will yeah. say that was my only complaint. Um, I guess I uh, I loved pretty much everything. I love the story wrap up. I kind of was a little. Maybe this will be spoken about in Trek news. I don't know, but I was like, you know, it's nice to see Seven and Rafi to get. Together. Yes, that was actually going to be my other complaint. Yeah, but. I, I'm not counting it as a complaint because when we have our lovely epilogue, I was like, oh, okay, perhaps that is our, like, perhaps that is them. You know, if we do get our spinoff and we'll get to explore that relationship a bit more. And I was thinking it could be something more akin to the uh, Troy and Riker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know. uh, yeah. They're obviously getting along well in that final scene, but we never got like a what's going on with the relationship that was falling that was sort of like in a weird place last season anyway that was probably my the thing that I was most like oh, I'd like to know more about that and also hey what happened to Irish Gardner he never went and had yes, a drink with yes Laris we did not we did not hear from Laris again so you were right I thought for sure there was going to be a thing where he's like goes and he sits next to her and he goes I have a son you know and he's like meet my son Jack uh, and she's like, oh, nice to meet you. Nice. Uh, hi, hi, nice. Nice. Oh, God, nice don't do Irish. 
not, it's nice to meet you. No, I can't. So she says, it's nice to meet you. Uh, and, uh, and then, I don't know, they laugh and drink or whatever. But this was better. This was fine. This was tight. For all that it lacked, it had a good, uh, like a good, solid storyline. We got to see uh, Data enjoying himself. We got to see Jordy uh, making tough decisions. We got to see uh, Troy. Everyone had a moment that really like was a moment moment. And even Riker being like, he gave me a lifetime. I could give him a minute, you know? And then Riker and Worf having fun, just kicking butt. It was nice. The whole thing really, uh, like I said, this ending made me go, I'm ready to go back and watch Encounter at Farpoint and just start the whole dang thing again. Do we think Picard and Beverly got together? I don't know. I simply don't know. They're positioned next to each other at the final, at the poker table, but there's no, they're no making eyes. Maybe that's just, maybe that was a thing that they were like, you know, maybe we don't know. Maybe we don't know. It's complicated. We don't need, they, they, you know, whatever happens ever after happens or, you know, but this is it. This is it. I don't know that one. That's right. All right. Well, I mean, phenomenal. Thoroughly enjoyed. Thoroughly enjoyed. Thoroughly enjoyed. I think, you know, this is, you know, when we get reboots, when we got franchises that are rebooted, this was, this is really, this is what you want. This is how it's done, people. This is how it's done, people. Man, we can't, I mean, there's so many, like you say, there's so many endings. There's so many beginnings that I keep thinking of. We've come such a long way from even just season one of Picard, the beginning. I thought of you it. were gonna break into song. We've come a long way. We've come a long way, getting from there to here. It's been a long time. No, I don't know what. <laughs> what? Maybe, maybe that's not your song. I mean, listen. I've never, I've never thought that about you, but maybe, maybe that one's not for you. Okay. <clears throat> This this is a are you, were you have you been nominated for a Grammy? Uh, I forget. I've never been nominated for a Grammy, but it, my faith. I think when you hear my R and B cover, Faith of the Heart, I think you'll you'll realize. So this guy, he's a genius. Yeah, he is a genius. I can retire well, with that. Indeed. Uh, Shall we? Given how how much content we have, we've got Easter eggs and Trek news. Yes. So. Uh, welcome in, everybody. Thank you very much for coming to Set Phasers. We go immediately, as always, to the Easter egg desk. Stevie, how are you today? Well, hello, there. Okay, I am wonderful. What a season we've had here on Star Trek Picard, season three. Three. Uh, we have so many Easter eggs. I'm going to try and cherry pick, but also uh, just run through them very, very quickly. Good for uh, you may have noticed that the Star Trek intro was very episode specific. Um, each series features i can't say that very each features fuck each series features there we go the hero ship for that specific show and paramount does something uh, unique for this particular episode by swapping out swapping the titan a out for the enterprise d adding the borg cube and changing the music entirely mm. and here the music yeah. echoes from the jerry goldsmith borg theme from first contract first contract first contact ah, this, first contract. this is not a legal movie as the star trek brand logo gets totally assimilated <laughs> um, you noticed and mentioned earlier that President Anton Chekhov was the opening voice um, our favourite Walter Koenig. Koenig is that how we're pronouncing yes, that? Yes, Koenig yes. playing the son of Pavel Chekhov the unseen Anton Chekhov who we learn is the President of the United Federation of Planets in 2401 and we think that Anton could be a tribute to the uh, Russian actor 
sorry, the Russian author Anton Chekhov, different spelling, but also references the late Anton Yelchin, who played Pavel Chekhov in the three reboot mm -hmm. films. Mm -hmm. um, uh, fourth film, who the fuck knows? Uh, let's see, the TNG spacescape, as Chekhov tells everyone, do not approach Earth, a line borrowed from the voyage home. We get that familiar blue nebula-ish spacescape straight mm. from the opening credits, The Next Generation. And this image occurred in every episode of TNG, starting with the season three premiere, Evolution. <laughs> Fun fact. Fun fact. Um, portable beaming with phasers. We noticed that Seven and Rafi use phasers favor, to activate the transporter beam. Now, this happened before in the TNG episode Gambit, when a group of pirates used phasers to beam things up by just firing at them. Mm. At that time, everybody thought Picard was dead when he'd actually been beamed up. Indeed. Aha. Let's see, we had the Unimatrix Array. Picard refers, uh, refers to this, and this concept comes from Voyager, you may remember, specifically episode Scorpion Part 2. Rather fun one, that one, Scorpion Part mm. 1 and 2, which introduced Seven of Nine yes. by this designation. Seven of Nine, tertiary adjunct of Unimatrix Zero One. A Borg Unimatrix was simply a specific division of the Hive and the Voyager episode Unimatrix Zero established a secret part of the collective where the Borg tried to hide their minds from the Queen. Mm -hmm. But, uh, spoiler, it didn't last. Let's see. Um, you may have noticed uh, Seven of Nine said they're engaging the Borg. Yes. So when the 1701D Enterprise pops up on the Titan Center uh, sensor, Seven says they're engaging the Borg, referencing Picard's line from The Best of Both Worlds, Part One, where he says, We have engaged the Borg. Mm. So um, we go to Seven's promotion when Tuvok plays the hologram recording left by Captain Shaw, Seven's promoted captain, an idea that was foreshadowed in Picard season two as well as the uh, first episode of Picard season three. As Tuvok playfully says, resignation denied. Mm. We hear Jerry Goldsmith's theme for Voyager. You sure do. Love that, love that, love that. Uh, let's see. Um, we have the Enterprise D in the Fleet Museum. Uh, I had a few things that I did not paste correctly, but we do get to hear Majel Barrett's voice again as the classic ship's computer. And um, let's see, the music that plays as Geordie shuts down the ship is Dennis McCarthy's theme from Generations, which was the last music we heard in the previous appearance of the Enterprise D in the 1994 film. Well done. Love these little little details. That's a detail. Little details. It's Hello. all about the details. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I forget. Did you? Uh, recognize the quote that Picard used at the end of the episode the Shakespeare yes did you know did you yeah it's know which uh, one? I think it's Brutus to Cassius in in Julius Caesar if I'm remembering correctly I have have not thought about that since I was 18 but I'm pretty oh, sure indeed. I'm pretty sure it's Julius Caesar Correct, it was Julius Caesar, and it is not the first time a Picard season has ended with Patrick Stewart delivering a Shakespeare speech in season one, you may remember. He quoted from The Tempest. But the final word was not just a speech, because then when Jean-Luc busts out in Age of Spades, everyone sits down to play poker, referencing the final moments, as we all know, of all good things. Yes. Um, when Picard joined the poker's crew, the, po the crew's <sighs> poker game for the first time, and showrunner Terry Metalis revealed that this final scene was the result of 45 minutes of ad-libbing and just letting the cast play poker for real. I had a feeling. I had yeah. a feeling. And I, I think he hints that uh, when this is released on Blu-ray, we may get an extended cut of this scene. Oh, time for me to get a Blu-ray player. Indeed. 
Well, that is uh, all from the start of the, the Easter eggs, or that's all I can go through right now, because there's far too many, and I think I accidentally pasted over one or two. So, Aki, that is it for me, and it's back to you in the studio. Fantastic. Even though it seems like I'd be the anchor for a news show, we're now going to go to Trek News. News. I love the news. Uh, let's see. Klingons. They are back. We are just under two months from the return of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and Paramount uh, released um, a key, some key new art from their new uh, trailer, which is rather fun. Mm. Um, and we've, we see a reboot of the look of the warrior race once more as uh, we bring the species look back for a more traditional Star Trek um, three and beyond design. So uh, very exciting. We also see a glimpse of the new Enterprise chief engineer, Pelia played by Carol Kane, mm -hmm. who will be in a recurring role this season. Good listen. I, I hope, I mean, unfortunately, I think she's probably going to die and be replaced by Scotty or at least, you know, come off the, the Enterprise at some point. Maybe she'll just leave. Maybe, she, maybe they're not going to kill every chief maybe, engineer. Maybe, maybe. But it seems like I mean, that's going to be their thing, right? They are they are a red shirt, after all. Hello. No. Uh, let's see. Okay, ah, the big news, the big news, the big news. Um... Oh, sorry. Lieutenant James T. Kirk reappears. He's back on the Enterprise. Yep. Um, along, and he's seen uh, appearing on Modern Day Earth alongside La'an, Noonien Sung, paid wonderfully, paid beautifully by Christina Chong. Now, the big news that we got super excited about this week was Michelle Yeoh. Yes. The recent Oscar winner uh, is, is returning for a brand new movie that uh, Paramount announced this week, Star Trek Section 31. Mm. Well, she reprises her role as Emperor Philippa Giorgio. Uh, she joins a secret division of Starfleet tasked with protecting the United Federation of Planets and faces the sins of her past. Um, now, many people might be asking, well, why is it a movie? Um, well, why not? That's yeah. what I say. Uh -huh. um, partly, I think it might have something to do with uh, the constraints on her schedule and no doubt salary demands being now a fancy Oscar winner. But fair play to her, and I'm excited. We haven't had a, a new Star Trek movie for years, and it won't be the reboot, so we're getting some some new Trek. New yes. Trek, we love the new Trek. Uh, let's see. Ah, now, this is what I... So we saw in the epilogue, if you will, mm -hmm. at the end of the credits, we saw Jack join the Enterprise. We saw Seven, Captain Seven at the helm, Raffia's first officer. Um, Sydney LaForge at the helm. So, are we going to see a spin-off? I mean, uh, I, I, I mean, at least a movie event. I mean, right? I mean, come on. Why not? I mean, we still haven't seen the the new podcast that they announced last year, mm -hmm. um, which I believe was sort of a, a prequel to Khan, right, really. Something I think. like that, yeah. Um, but you know, if so, it's been coined. Um, Star Trek Legacy because mm. why not and that's that's quite fun and I would just totally support that um, it has not been greenlit uh, Paramount yet I mean I'm shocked that they haven't greenlit it yet maybe I don't know why not because you know wouldn't it be fun to give to give fans that yeah um, at the end of this wonderful finale or however could could they just be teasing us and it's coming and we just they just want to you know build our our anticipation um, but he knows where it would go. He's talked about it. He's very excited. He said, you know, it was follow Captain Seven on the new Enterprise G. He knows that um, 
what Jack Crusher's future is past that uh, scene with Q. He also apparently has a very surprising way that Todd Stashwick could return, although he remains very tight-lipped about the specifics. Uh, Metallus says, I know quite a few things. I know exactly how Todd Stashwick is involved or would be involved if, she, if we should ever be so lucky to have him come back. Todd knows and we've always known and Jerry Ryan knows and it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, so that's where that stands. So I, I do hope that it happens. My goodness. Lots of news. What a so much news. So much news. Uh, that's very, all very exciting. God. Yes. Um, I don't know what to say about that, except maybe some quotable moments. Let's go to quotable moments. That is all from the news. Quotable moments. Forgot, I forgot that the news had a significant sign-off, which uh, is beautiful. Yes, it does. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> Many wonderful quotable moments in this one. Uh, let's see. Um, <clears throat> I very much enjoyed, I can no longer be your captain. I have to be a father. Picard says to Riker and Worf when he goes to find Jack. Uh, and oh, uh, what Worf says back to Picard, he says, there are two turns of phrase that a Klingon never admits knowing, defeat and farewell. If I could learn how to say Indeed. that in Klingon. Indeed, love that. Damn. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, 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 oh, and War uh, Worf saying to uh, Riker, there was a moment today when I was worried we might actually survive. Uh, when they mm -hmm. decide to go deeper. So it was pretty sweet. Uh, you have any that you'd like to share? Oh, I had just a fun one. Um, <laughs> Riker says, you're not going alone. And Worf says, and I will make it a threesome. <laughs> Riker's just like, do you even hear yourself? I mean, that was and incredible. It was uh, That was perfect. brilliant. And I will make it a threesome. Um, do you even hear yourself? Do you even hear yourself? Uh, and uh, um, uh, I guess I would add, uh, finally, Data saying, being human is just as difficult as the desire to be human, which I thought was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, well, God, it's hard to let go, but this is the last quotable moment for Picard. I guess talk about the nebulousness of next time. Next time on Set Phasers. Hey, next yes. time on yeah, set phasers, uh, who knows? I mean, listen, we're going to bridge the gap between this this final episode of Picard and the first episode of Strange New Worlds. Uh, I have a lot to think about. I have a lot to feel about. And I also probably have to, I don't know if, if we want to do this together, but I'm going to have to rewatch all of Strange New Worlds, obviously, as one big binge. Obviously, yeah. I want to do that together. Yeah, okay, great. Well, we'll figure it out. And um, yes, well, if you enjoyed this and you're going to be Jones and for someone, some people's talking about Star Trek, are you jonesing for people who... <laughs> <laughs> Never said the I word. Even do it. Uh, yes, uh, listen. We have so many back episodes where we talk about all of Star Trek Discovery, all of Star Trek Picard, all of Strange New Worlds that has come out so far, and all of Lower Decks. We're talking about Trek here. That's what we do on Strange on Strange New Worlds on Set Phasers. So please go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to the bajillion episodes we have. 
please do that. Uh, and also, if you are jonesing for more Star Trek, then uh, go to patreon.com forward slash techphasers where you can download uh, lots of episodes that we've done all, all there. You can join us for Netflix watch parties, which they don't do anymore, but we figure out how to do yeah. somehow or other. Mm. And uh, Zoom hang pop watch parties with us. In fact, I also forgot in the news that Lower Decks is releasing a role play game. Oh, that's right. And, and we're we going to play, play that with you. Yes. So do join us uh, on patreon.com forward slash set phases where you can be an even bigger nerd with us and do RPG. RPG. Yes. And if you're jonesing for some social media content, I guess jonesing is our thing now. Um, you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. We're set phasers podcast. Meme game strong. It's all Stevie. But, uh, you know, sometimes uh, they cut together uh, clips of me losing my mind and ranting. So it seems like I'm creating content. Yes, I do. And anyway, uh, but unfortunately, till next time, whenever that might be. Mm. Well, actually, in fact, I do know when it will be. It will be sort of around-ish. Actually, we don't know when it will be. Let's not let's not say that because we might we might have a oh, few things right. in the interim that's of right. Strange New World. No one needs to know. Yeah. Yeah. In the interim, we may do something in the interim before Strange New World starts, but we will be back for then. So enjoy yourselves take care and until then i am i don't know why i said that i'm stevie mans and i can no longer be your captain i have to be a father and this has been set phasers a highly illogical star trek podcast Computer, end program.